Greetings, friendins. Welcome to this week's episode of Total Fool Ball. I am the old Dutch host, Alex Level here, joined as always by Neil and Ben. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Hello. Hi, I'm doing great. Doing great. Looking yeah. forward to another wonderful show here. It is going to be wonderful, which means that anyone listening at this point can just go ahead and leave that five-star review because I know they're already thinking it and they want to do it. But there is a huge round of action in the Eredivisie, the first match week of the season, uh, followed by some European action. But there's a lot to discuss, and I think we'll just jump right into it. But a, a logical place to start, uh, because we talked about it before we started, so it's only logical that we follow those instructions. As fellas, who would be your player of the round? Uh, I know we have kind of picked two teams each to follow, but I know we're also trying to do more to watch the league as a whole. So it doesn't necessarily have to be from one of your two teams. I know personally, no one on my, either of my teams really deserves that. So I will not be doing that, but I'm going to open the floor to both of you. I think Ben will start uh, on your end and see kind of who would your player of the round be? Dang, no pressure. I was hoping you would pick Neil, but here we go. Uh, <laughs> so, I am going to be a little bit selfish here and pick someone for my own team. Um, I think Saibari was a fantastic like player of the round last week. Um, they subbed him in about halftime, and then he controlled the game from there. Um, I would have picked Noah Long, but I feel like his influence on the game was a little bit more muted than it was in the last few matches that I've seen him. Um, but it was still a great a great performance by Saibari coming on, and he could not be stopped in midfield. Whenever he picked up the ball, he found tight corners and like drove at opponents really quickly, and he spurred on so many attacks throughout the entirety of the game against Utrecht, who was playing a great game themselves. So um, obviously when we talk about our teams, we'll get into that segment later, but I would pick Saibari for me. Just as far as a, an impact substitution that really changed the course of the match. Neil, what about you? Well, I'm going for a very different tack than Ben. Also an impact substitute, but not someone with such a bright future in the game. A little more nostalgia to it. I'm going for Ricky Van Wolfswinkel, who came, oh. off, he came off the bench for FC Twente and scored two goals against Almir City. Sorry, Alex. Uh, rolling like back the years, rolling back the years. Ricky Van Wolfswinkel was a, he's a player who he's been, he feels like he's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. I, I did look him up at the weekend. I was like, it was a nice surprise to see him playing. I honestly thought he was retired or I forgot he existed. Um, <clears throat> but back in like 2009, 2010, he was playing for Utrecht and they were, they did pretty well in the Europa League that year or those years he was banging them in got a move to um norwich where things didn't go so well and he kind of went off the map a little i think he went to switzerland and then i don't know where else but he is back he's he must have been with 20 for a couple of years i guess and uh how old is he now 34 34 wow what's that uh, in i would have guessed <laughs> yeah, i would have guessed like 44 i just um, i just you know aged like matt damon <laughs> 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 yeah um i kind of was surprised to see see his name pop up but he he grabbed two two goals off the bench at the weekend so 
that's awesome. Yeah. How old is 34 in dog years? As a wolf. It, isn't it seven per thing? So <laughs> wolf, wolf got- years. Boo. <laughs> Uh, I am gonna go with two players actually because that's no, not that's not the rules. No, he's only doing it because he's the host. One, yeah, I have a lot of power. Uh, you're the ones who keep making me edit this, so I'm gonna take poetic license here. Uh, well, one's more of a shout out; the other is my real player. Um, it's the team that is punishing us and seem to take out their frustration on not being selected by any of us. Um, for this podcast, and that is Azed Altmar, uh, with an honorable mention uh, to Ruben Van Bommel for coming on and not being a player like his dad, actually being an attacker. Uh, it, was, it was fun to see uh, Mark get kind of emotional when he scored the goal. Uh, but my player of the round is Ernest Poku, uh, who was also a super sub, uh, was also the like fulcrum of the UEFA youth league winning team for Azad Alkmaar last year, uh, a bright future ahead of him. I think he will probably get the full season this year in the league uh, and then go on to bigger and better things. I know that also was kind of the trajectory for Myron Boadu who went to Monaco, but things just haven't panned out. I think Poku could be one to pan out uh, with a goal and an assist uh, after coming on. So really well how old, done. How old is Poku now? Uh, I think he's 19. I want to double check wow. that, but he is uh, a little boy. Uh, I think is the <laughs> professional way to put it. Um, he is just—he's a live wire. Um, he, oh, sorry, he didn't get a goal, but he got an assist and he won a penalty. Um, so that it just felt like he deserved the goal because he won the penalty. Uh, and basically, two assists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's 19 years old. Um, so really happy to see him do well. Um, That's awesome. And, Really happy to see uh, a lot of teams that we're talking about this season do well. Um, and I think, uh, Neil, we'll start with you, uh, since we can kill two birds with one stone with your discussion, as your two teams faced off uh, what can only be described as a game that happened this weekend. Uh, what were your impressions <laughs> uh, of the match that took place between Ajax and Heracles? Uh, well, the giants of Ajax against the giants of Heracles. So they both seemed kind of normal-sized comparatively uh mm-hmm. immediately just looking at this through a different lens for for the purpose of this podcast i was so impressed looking at the johan cruyff arena it's it's a magnificent stadium it was packed to the rafters the fans were loud and it just seemed poised to be an exciting opening game um i predicted before the game a, a close a close game and a draw uh, where I said that neither team is great defensively, but both know how to score goals. And for 70 minutes, that looked to be the case. Um, I was very impressed with Heracles and how they set up. They were they were really playing together as a team. They, they chose to sit back and defend, and then they chose to attack. And quite often in this, this, this day and age, you see a lot of teams trying to do the high press all the time but they don't commit to it. And so you only see one or maybe two players doing it. Whereas Heracles were, they were picking and choosing. We're going to press now. We're going to sit back now. We're going to press. We're going to sit back. So they were having success. Um, Ajax were, were fairly patient too. And it was sitting one all for, for a long time. And then I thought there was a key, a key moment in the game where um, after about 70 minutes, 
the Heracles manager, who I thought got his tactics spot on through most of the game, he made three substitutions. And one of them was to take off the left back, Yetro Willems, who we've mentioned before in the podcast, really experienced player. Now, a lot of Ajax's problems in breaking down Heracles, I thought, was that the two fullbacks for Heracles were, they were tracking the wide men all the way. So Mohamed Kudus was the brightest spark in the team for Ajax throughout the game. And Yetro Willems, he may have lost a couple of duels with him, but he was sticking with him. He didn't give him anything. And within a couple of minutes of him going off the pitch, a little ball was dinked over the top. Kudus was alone in the box. I mean, there were probably seven or eight players in the box, but he had time to take a touch and find a finish, and that kind of changed the game for me. So I'll say well done to Ajax because they, that could have very easily been an opening draw or defeat, but they didn't put their heads down. They were buoyed on by their supporters throughout. One hour into the game, the Ajax fans were still, they were still cheering. They were still rooting for their team. There were no boos or whistles or silences. And they kept plucking away and they got the win. And for Heracles, I would say they played really well. They didn't look overawed at any stage of the game. There was no panic. They were really composed. And they ended up on the wrong end of an absolute trouncing 4-1. But they didn't play like it. And I think they can take a lot of positives from that game and maybe learn a couple of hard lessons. And uh, I think both teams can go on and improve for the rest of the season. Uh, speaking of hard lessons, were you devastated to see Jizz Hordkamp forced off with an injury in the first half? This poor Jizz. Are we going to make a joke about his name in every in every episode? I mean, how could we not? <laughs> I, I was genuinely disappointed for him because up until that point, Heracles didn't have any particularly clear chances. And I think as that game went on, they 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 could have they could have used him. Um, there was a coming together no pun intended, of the goalkeeper in Hornkamp. And they, they both went off injured. Um, and even after after Heracles went, they went 2-1 down. And in the next five minutes, they they had two pretty good chances themselves. They were still in it. Um, unfortunately, the first one fell to the right back who just blazed it high and wide. And the second one was kind of an incomplete pass. But I think Jess Hornkamp, he, he might bag a few goals for them this season. I... I thought they played played pretty well considering the occasion. And was there a player uh, from either team that really stood out or anyone in particular? I know you mentioned Kudus is a bright star, not a Brighton star, since that move seems to have stalled a little bit. Uh, I know one, one of the Steve Bergs got two goals, but they kind of were padding the stats a little bit because they were both really at the end of the match. Uh, but was anyone else really yeah. performing? The, they were. They were. And, and kudos, I have to say, aside from his goal, he really was bright throughout, and, and he showed why he would be such a, a huge loss if he went or why he'd be such a great asset for another team because he's so so quick, has a neat touch. I think he at one stage he brought the ball from defense into attack and he nutmegged two players along the way. <laughs> he's, he's a silky, silky player um, and very composed as well. Um, I also was impressed with uh, <clears throat> Branko van den Bommen, um in the middle of the park for, for Ajax. He he was a, a signing this summer. I, I can't remember if he came on a free or it, it may have been a couple of million euros. Um, he's been around the block a bit and he's kind of like a wise head who will maybe be a bit of a, a water carrier in midfield. He's He wasn't a marquee signing by any stretch of the imagination, but you do need players like that in the team. And he had a couple of pops from long range. He 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 played quite well, and uh, 
I can't go on without mentioning uh, Yakov Medic. So he made his full debut and at 1-0 down, he had the ball 40 yards out. He just picked up his head and sent an absolute rocket into the top corner. I think that could be goal of the season already. It was, that was extraordinary. That was shades of company. Right yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was amazing. So I don't know whether he can defend or not. Uh, he wasn't individually particularly tested uh, in, in the game, but that's that's a good way to introduce yourself to the fans. They were they were all chanting his name in the crowd, which I'm sure made him feel pretty special. And uh, <clears throat> his first name or his last name? <laughs> Medic. Medic. Um, and for for Heracles, uh, the uh, the goalkeeper uh, who's Brow Brower uh, has jumped out of my head right now. He he had a really good game. He was pretty solid, and uh, and their captain as well, Justin Hogma. He he played for Heracles a few years ago, and then he he signed for Hoffenheim, and they loaned him out to St. Pauli, and they loaned him out to uh, Firth in Germany. Um, then he came back to Heracles. He's only 25 years old, but he, he went out there and came back and is now the mm-hmm. captain. And so uh, he looks to have good leadership qualities. Um, he picked up an early booking for a nice little kick at uh, Roby's legs. <laughs> um, he did that one for me, I think. Uh, so, yeah, he, he, looked, he looked good considering the circumstances as well. And since I mentioned Broby, he missed three guilt-edged opportunities, including an open goal from two yards out. Yeah, I look forward to at the end of the season when we look back at Robbie's individual XG and how he performed, (laughs) and then you just kind of smiling and nodding at the disparity between the two. But it's good to see uh, that despite a rocky summer that the powerhouses of Ajax seem to be in a pretty good spot overall. I mean, the scoreline may be belies the performance a little bit but you can't really complain with 4-1 so very strong start Uh, and by all accounts it seems like Heracles has a lot to build upon after starting the season in one of the three worst ways that you possibly could in this league so a lot to look forward to from both teams Um, and and as well we have another very strong performance uh, by one of the big three, uh, Ben, PSV with a 2-0 win over Utrecht. Did you, mm-hmm. were you able to watch that match? Was there anything about it that made you go he 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 ha 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 or was it just something good? Yeah, uh, so I got to see the whole thing and um, obviously I took quite a lot of notes but try to cut it down so nobody gets bored for the next 40 minutes. Um but they played very similarly to the, the way they've played the last couple of times, but Utrecht was a little bit more solid defensively. Um, it was harder to break down. Um, kind of shades of the Super Cup game, um, whereas, like, Feyenoord kind of sat back and, like, played the counter, but it, possession was more even. Utrecht was more than happy to let PSV have the ball for large portions of the game. Um, for large parts of it, it was kind of like back and forth and you were kind of wondering at certain points if Utrecht was just going to get one on a, on a breakaway or a counter, but luckily the defense held up pretty well for PSV and eventually no long again came to the rescue with a weaker foot, like near post shot 
front in the, I think it was the, it was near the end of the first half. I think it was in like the 44th minute or something like that. Um, because by that point, it was still kind of tense. It was kind of tentative, but then no long really put a mark on that, the end of the first half. Um, there was a really funny moment in the 50th minute, and it's something I've never seen before in the game in general. So it was funny to see it in the air to VC. But um, the linesman's flag was decapitated. So somehow, you know, the ball was kicked through the flag, and he had to get a replacement flag. <laughs> and uh, the commentator's like, oh, substitution's been made. And it, was, <laughs> it was actually pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, carrying on from then, it you know it was kind of all PSV from that point because Saibari had come in and he was really pushing the pressure on Utrecht, and they did not know how to handle him. And so eventually, at a certain point, um, their goalkeeper was the only Barkas was the only one really keeping them in the game. He had two excellent saves in like the 58th minute, um, but then they made another substitution near the end of the game with Vertessen coming in for no long who was probably pretty gassed from, you know, how intense he's been playing for the last couple of games. So he came on and then he came with a counterattack finish in the 77th minute. Um, I think Saibari was the one who won the ball and played the excellent through ball through to him. And that sealed the game from there. Utrecht had no real attacking advantage from then. And that, that was that. Yeah. So, uh... Uh, the the main thing I thought because I was actually able to watch this one I wasn't able to watch the Ajax Heracles game unfortunately um, so was there definitely relying on Neil for the full recap on that one but for this one I, as every touch I was like Noah Long will be leaving in January and I was like <laughs> confirmed he's like way too good for this league he's just absolutely yeah. dominant and already the MVP was, yeah that finish yeah. was ridiculous although minus points in my book because he did four or five celebrations like you got to pick one bro oh yeah he, he, can't be doing he, he couldn't decide between all of them so he yeah. just did them all and that's yeah but i mean he's got i think he's got that kind of you know he's got that kind of arrogance to him which is you know it's not quite the arrogance of like Thierry Henry, where he Thierry would choose one celebration and just stick with it it's the no long is like i'm still trying to figure out what my celebration is going to be so i'm just going to try them all out at once yeah, and I, that, I, that is that is a large gap to compare Noah Long to Thierry Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've both scored goals, so there is some similarity to them. That's that's kind of well. That, that's probably what he has over on Thierry Henry is he has scored in the air to VC and Henry has not. Yeah, so, so better player confirmed, I think, is yeah, what we that's were. Or, hot, or, hot take here, Noah Long <laughs> better than Henry. <laughs> uh, it, it was. Certainly a good performance uh, and continued on with the great momentum that the team has had throughout yeah. the past couple of weeks. Um, and I I personally was a bit disappointed by Utrecht. I don't know about you. like There was a, a, just a point yeah. where they stopped really trying to do anything but boot it. That was the, that was the second half, really. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the goal really knocked it out of their sails because they still tried to counterattack from there, but I think maybe once they got in the locker room and they just felt a little bit more dejected and like their legs didn't feel as fresh. Cause they, I mean, sometimes when you sit for like 10, 15 minutes, your legs don't feel as fresh. So maybe that was the reason, but they're also pro athletes. So no idea where, why they just kind of stopped playing. And no, I was, I was underwhelmed by them as well. I think you're right. I think the goal maybe took it 
took it out of them and then you are playing PSV who are on fire right now and yeah. I think they just thought let's let's give up until next week. Yeah. But and credit to PSV. Yeah. So yeah, and we'll we'll touch on their ongoing momentum here in a little bit because I know there is some professional and personal interest uh, in the European tie coming up. Um, but a little less happy occasion for Pexvola's first mm-hmm. match against yeah. the Spartans of Rotterdam. Yeah, it was unfortunate, and that's a game that I tried to catch, and I could not find a way to watch it at all. And when I tried to look it up later, I couldn't find any highlights. In fact, the only th- thing I found on Peck was apparently FIFA saves where somebody put like a 27-minute compilation of them playing Sparta Rotterdam, which made no sense. So I was just... And then somebody... I was like, okay, here's the highlights right here. And the guy is just describing like the Google version of the, of like the play-by-play. He's like, oh, he's scoring. And he just shows the Google thing. I'm like, what? This isn't... These aren't highlights. <laughs> Who wants to hear anyone talk about football? Yeah. yeah. Who, who wants to so who's really still listening to this podcast <laughs> at this point? <laughs> Thank you, family and friends, for still <laughs> sitting in on this. Shout out to Ben's dad. Uh, he, a lifelong listener. We'll always have at least one. Um, but from what I could gather from the match report, um, Peck really had the lion's share of the possession and they apparently were playing really well. They had 20 shots um, to Sparta's eight. And I think the shots on target was, was also like highly in their favor. I think it was like nine to four or three or something. So it wasn't like Peck wasn't getting chances or wasn't trying for goal. Um, it's just they only were able to convert like near the end of the game when they were already down 2-0, which I'm sure from – what it sounded like from the possession and all that kind of stuff were probably counterattacks or against the run of play or something along those lines, because sometimes possession is more, you know, accentuated in like a second half or a first half, who knows. But that was another thing of like one of the points of like trying to follow this league. It's really difficult for the smaller teams to find ways to watch them. And I'm sure there will be some, you know, other ways we can try to stream it, but in Neil's case, when he was able to watch, it's because they Heracles was playing Ajax, and I'm sure whenever PSV or Feyenoord plays against one of our smaller teams, that will show up too. But it'll probably be difficult to see which ones will actually show up on a stream or on a streaming service. So, well, that. That raises a question because I want to continue to delay talking about my matches for a bit because they weren't very fun for me. I'm I'll um, be happy to I'll be happy to gloat that I was correct in both of my predictions. <laughs> I was going to get to that when we got up, uh, but yeah, you you definitely have earned your right to gloat here uh, for yeah. for seeing into the future. Uh, but I also wanted to ask both of you, uh, and I guess Neil, we can start with you on this one because we started with Ben earlier. But considering how hard it's been to watch even preseason or uh, like league matches. I mean, I know Neil, you've been able to see a league match of your uh, newly promoted team. Is that affecting your kind of emotional attachment to either of these teams at all? Is it, is there still some sort of disconnect when you're only able to follow them via YouTube highlights or like foot mob, or do you still feel just as invested with 
Heracles as Ajax and Ben for Pexvola as PSV? I think I've, I don't think it's particularly affected me. It has its early days and it's, it's easier when the first league game was shown live. Um, I was also able to find highlights of their, of their preseason games. It did, some of it takes a little more digging and even, you know, going onto the club website or their Twitter feed and just catching, you know, a goal from a preseason game or something like that. Um, but this is something that, that dawned on me at the weekend is this isn't particularly new for me. And it's also not new for either of you guys in, in one sense, because we all follow clubs. And I think most people in the US follow teams in Europe. So you're, you are trying to find what platform those games are on and the games might be on at weird times. And um, there's something about it that's, that's familiar for, for me, certainly anyway. Um, but yeah, I've been able to, I was able to watch the first game for, for Heracles uh, and Ajax, so both, both my teams. Um, there are going to be more difficulties and trying to keep your pulse on what's happening at the club because just seeing a game is one thing, but really knowing the inner goings-on because we all probably read an awful lot of articles about the clubs we follow and it's not just about game day. So if, that might be tough, but... Google Translate is my best friend. Just take a <laughs> take an article and pop it in there and be like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I've used that a couple of times as well. So for me, I'm I'm all in. And uh, I really felt myself, I was cheering on both sides, but obviously Heracles were an underdog. And um, I, I, I find myself having a special yearning for them. Also small clubs, you know, I, I'm a Scotland fan, so <laughs> I'm used to taking losses. Ben, what about you? Uh, I found it a little bit more difficult um, just because I couldn't see Peck play the game at all. Um, it kind of felt like I was following a FIFA Ultimate Team like or like a manager mode, just like simulate game at a certain point. Um, I would have really liked to, you know, even with the loss, I would have liked to watch highlights to see how Peck, you know, plays because even though you may have similar lineups and similar like, you know, formations to other teams, each team has their own special brand because each player plays very differently from each other. You can have someone that's in the mold of a certain kind of player, but they still play very differently. Um, so I was a little disappointed that I couldn't find anything on them. And um, I'm hoping that I can dig a little bit deeper next time and maybe find something during but that's no guarantee but i can see why with smaller clubs people tend to follow larger clubs like i did with barcelona because those are the only ones being televised um not saying i'm going to turn my back on barcelona anytime soon but i can see why like you know same with you alex and liverpool like you grew up watching them because they're not because you know of any reason in particular but like one of the reasons is because they were on, they were on TV. You could watch them, and it wasn't like you know trying to watch, for example, the Eredivisie, and you're trying to follow Peck or one of the smaller clubs that just got recently promoted. Yeah, I that kind of feeds in as a natural segue into the review of my matches because I'll start with Almere City. Um, I wouldn't ha- think anything of them if 
I was not kind of actively following them. I would have known them as like, oh, they're a newly promoted team and their stadium is hilariously tiny. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when people are clearing balls, they're going out of the stadium, which is just always a lovely sight to see. But it definitely wouldn't have had any emotional connection. I'm still feeling it a little bit because there are highlights, but I have the feeling when they're not playing a team like Twenta who are an established enough team to really have like a built out marketing department to be able to edit highlights together and put things together and the air divisi themselves would put out highlights of the matches. And I think you can find some like ESPN Netherlands on geo blocked highlights sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's going to be, I know it's going to be hard uh, probably for this week's match where they're playing sitar to find some highlights. So uh, it's going to be an interesting challenge, but I was, I, I was probably not smart enough with my search because I only looked for Peck in the Google search. So maybe I should have done what you did and like reversed looked at like Sparta Rotterdam's like um, Twitter and their instas and whatever, you know, that kind of social media presence. Sorry to interrupt. I just, you know, no, that's, those are the hacks you've got to get if you really want to follow these teams, because you're yeah. going to have to like draft off of larger teams that they're playing I'm not saying Sparta, Rotterdam are like a massive club, uh, but they're they're at least in the top ten, which is a little bit larger than most of the teams in the ARWC. So, yeah. um, but uh, even apart from not being able to watch the full match because it wasn't available uh, on streaming, I still had fun watching the highlights. I do love that most ARWC teams put like thoroughly extended highlights i think every average video is probably about 13 minutes and i'm like you you know exactly what you're doing like this is why we like the air because they care enough to put all of that in their highlights packages uh, i thought uh almir city gave a great account of themselves um it was pretty close throughout most of the match i wouldn't necessarily say they were any like definitively worse than twenta uh, what really turned the match was the red card, um, which also was kind of funny because the stadium's so small that the tackle that led to the second yellow like pushed the player into the bench because the bench is on the sideline because there's no room. Uh, so it looked a lot worse than it was. It was definitely a second yellow. like It was a, mm-hmm. a fair sending off uh, for sure. But uh, apart from that, the only reason that Almir was behind, and the only reason that Van Volsinkel was able to be Neil's player of the week was because they just forgot to look out for the long ball. Like all Twente had to do was just hit a ball over the top, and they just ran right through and had plenty of chances. That was most of Twente's chances was the long ball. Uh, it was incredible to see Danny Post come on, get the captain's armband, and score Almir's first ever Eredivisie goal. That's kind of a fairy tale moment. Even in a loss, it's still something that the, the fans in the stadium could really enjoy, uh, along with watching the ball sail over the roof out into the parking lot. Uh, well, not really parking lot. Like if you, if you did manage to watch the highlights, you could see kind of where the camera was across, and it's just in the middle of nowhere. Like they're just plopped this stadium in the middle of a field. So it's going to be <laughs> easy to find the balls at least because there's just nothing around the stadium. Um, but it, this is kind of why we picked these smaller teams because they had these moments and you get these just community slash we had a cow pasture that needed a building on it clubs and they're having fun and they're bringing atmosphere and they're hanging with the big boys until they wore out 
and we're do you think there's the, do you think there's still an ag exemption for having those pastures right next to the stadium i bet i bet there's probably an animal somewhere around that just was not visible that is getting them huge tax breaks <laughs> that's that's why they're so tight for space inside the stadium you yeah just have to... yeah um, you gotta you gotta shift you gotta shift over the herd every once in a while they've got to cut through the stadium proper well that's how i know the the field yeah they bring the goats out there um but i i didn't say it but it was 2-1 for the longest time and then the the, the score ended 4-1 so some parallels with the ix heracles match actually actually so um yeah. not not nothing to be disappointed about um but the score line definitely flatters twenty a little bit uh but and my other match i don't really want to talk about it because it was just so frustrating and it's annoying to go from my usual team that is also pissing me off to my supposedly good team my defending champions that are pissing me off some more i just were just stagnant and not at it they didn't look as sharp as they did in the super cup i think they kind of looked a little bit tired uh from the super cup and that, that they were like out of rhythm to get that friday match and then not really have anything until uh the debut match uh they were kind of in the ascendancy against sitar until the red card i don't know what i've done to these teams but they just want to get people sent off uh, it was definitely a red card uh i i think it's because you like the, it's because you like the reds alex yeah i think that's what they're doing it and they're both red teams they have red in their color scheme so maybe they're trying to endear themselves to the fans but bart Noykop, who actually played with Yorba Vertessen last year at Union Saint-Gilois and was part of the crazy end of the Belgian league last year. I guess he wanted to go back because he instantly left the field about 30 minutes in. And from there, it was equal because Feyenoord were going to, I think the quality would have won out. They would have grinded away and scored something because they have those players that are good enough. Uh, but once we went down a man, then the quality leveled out and the match just wasn't enjoyable to watch. And it certainly wasn't enjoyable to watch because it started at 730. And that's when I was watching that just kind of bland performance. So ultimately, pretty disappointing um, weekend. Uh, I'm proud of Almir, but very disappointed in Feyenoord and in, in these high stakes matches. I know all of our teams still have to play each other, but dropping two points is already kind of putting you up against it in the title race. Cause a lot is, is expected of you. Um, yeah. So hate to be a downer uh, and very jealous of both of you for having uh, wins to celebrate for your teams um, and additional wins for you, Ben, because this, we can go ahead and look ahead to the champions league where PSV are through and we'll be playing Neil, your Rangers team. So Ben, how, how did, what did you think of the match this week? Today, actually. Um, so it was actually, you know, kind of a more muted um, match, but they still found a way to pull out a one to three win away from home. Um, much of that is due to, their attacking sensibilities more than their defensive ones. Um, Sturmgratz actually put in quite a, like, you know, a good effort to the game overall. But uh, again, they kind of teeter, teetered off in the second half a bit. Um, 
the I think Noah Wong was rested. He was starting on the bench today, and I think that's probably for the best, considering it was the second leg, and you don't want to risk one of your best players getting hurt in a second leg where you're already up four to one. Um, similarly, I think they just wanted to give you know other players another chance. Like Fertessen started in the second half, or started in the first half in place of Noah Wong, and he did really well. Um, Luke DeGaul Luke de struck again with a diving header. He just, I don't understand sometimes how he scores because he's just, it's the weirdest angles. It's never like a clean, easy finish. It has to be one of the most difficult things you've ever seen a player of his height do. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad to be able to watch him play as like the captain of PSV because he's just, he's such a great leader. And he's very good at interplay and link-up play. And there were, for the tying goal, he was the one who laid it off for uh, uh, Veerman to, you know, basically pass it in, like, 25 out. So that was a great response and part of going down, like, two minutes earlier. Um, so it was 1-2 to two going into the break. And then second half came through. They made a few substitutions. Um, and then Ricardo Pepe, you know, for Alex and I, that's one of our American boys. So obviously we'll be probably following him a little bit more closely. Um, he had a lot of open opportunities, but he wasn't, you know, either found or passed to because every time PSV player had the ball kind of, you know, within range, they were just like, I'm going to shoot. And <laughs> it's like Frank Reynolds. I'm going to start blasting. <laughs> and Never expected a Frank Reynolds show. <laughs> I'm glad there is one, though. It's always sunny in Eindhoven. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, they were in Austria that time, so there you go. <laughs> um, but he eventually got his chance because a very clear penalty was given in the in the yeah, What was he play. doing? That was the stupidest play. And I don't know why he was trying to argue it either, but the ball went over the defender's head. He was clearly going out. Um, there was no way the PSV player was going to if, if the if the PSV player and I think at the time I can't remember who it is I think it was Saipari, but there's no way he was going to get the ball without like hurting himself. So it was probably going to go out of play. But the defender like reaches his back arm back and like kind of cradles it out of play, and then he makes it try to seem like it was a header. And then the you know they went and looked at VAR and they're like. Yeah, it's clearly it's clearly you just slapping the ball away with your back arm. Uh, it was you know it kind of sucks because Sturmgratz actually you know a very good team to watch. They were a lot of fun to watch, even if PSV had the lion's share of possession. And I sincerely hope they make it back up to the European level again because it was fun to watch them. Um, but Pepe got his chance and buried the penalty. Um, and it was good to see him get on the score sheet with another, you know, Dutch team, but a much larger one than the one he was just at a year ago. And hopefully he can continue with more goals from there. He's still young and he basically subbed in for Luke de Young. So hopefully that's kind of where, uh, Peter Broch kind of sees him in the future. Um, cause that would be a great way for him to learn as a more mobile version of, uh, Luke de Young. But um, there was a really funny moment at the end of the game where 
uh, Janster. I think he came on for one of the Sturmgratz players. Um, he hit the left post twice in the span of like 10 seconds. And it was the same exact spot in like the 94th minute. He could have had, he could have had two goals if those were two separate opportunities, like back to back, but he could not bury it. And the post denied him. And that was the funny moment from that game. But otherwise, PSV coasting to another victory. On aggregate, it was two to seven, which is pretty ex- expansive. So hoping going into the Rangers game, we can carry that momentum. But, uh, Neil, how are the Ranger? How's the Rangers um, team faring moving into the next round? That's a little bit tough to say, honestly. It's been a bit of a rebuilding uh, summer for Rangers. They have a, a lot of key players went out, and a lot of key players have, have come in. Um, they have some promising players on the books now, and lost their opening game of the season to Kilmarnock, but then came back with a thumping four 0 win in the next game. They disposed of Servette from. From the the playoff round, uh, now coming up against PSV, obviously, and you know this this Rangers team. There are different faces in there, but just just over a year ago, they were playing in the the final of the Europa League. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a certain element of quality in the team, uh, especially when they play at home at Ibrox. The atmosphere is is pretty electric, and I mean, I know you y'all you obviously hate Celtic for very good reasons, but there is something about the Scottish fan bases. Yeah. That they just provide such a great voice. They do. They're they're always they're always kind of sell out crowds. Even when Rangers played in the fourth tier of Scottish football, they were selling out their, you know, fifty something thousand seater stadium every single game day. Um and Rangers and Celtic, because Celtic Park, I've been there and the the atmosphere there is 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 sensational. Well, Messi Messi famously said one of his favorite places to ever play in was Celtic Park because he yeah. was just amazed yeah. at how and, how great it was to play there. Yeah, and it's the and it's the same at Rangers. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of really experienced players um, said similar things. I mean, not my favorite person, but Gary Neville said that Ibrox is the was the best atmosphere he's ever played at too. So that does go a long way on a big European night, a packed crowd, everyone behind the team. Um, and it's, like I say, it's early days in the season. Um, so this Rangers team is not gelling as well as PSVR. Mm-hmm. But I think on on any given night, you know, you have a game in your hands. Uh, this, <clears throat> this same fixture last year, the playoff for the Champions League group was Rangers against PSV. PSV with uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy as the manager at the time, they were the heavy favourites. And, well, guess what? Rangers Rangers got through. Mm-hmm. The fun tidbit there, um, the goal the goal that was scored, it was Antonio Cholak that scored it, but it was made by Tillman, who is now with PSV. Yeah, the Malik Tillman yeah. derby is what they're calling it <laughs> going into this match. Um, so, I, you know, anything at all could happen. Somebody could sure. get blown away. Somebody could be close and, and, and get edged. Um I think those are going to be really fun games to watch. So anyone that's just a casual fan of the game, Rangers against PSV. That's next legs. week, right? I think it's next week, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll have to double-check that. But those those, be no those will be fun games. Those will be fun games. And I think historically, Rangers have the upper hand because from my memory, there's been two two occasions where we've, we've played each other twice. Uh, back in 1999, 
2000 season, um, back when Rud Van Nistelrooy and, and uh, Luke Nellis were were the star strikers for PSV. Uh, we mm-hmm. had a really good Rangers team at the uh, at the time. They won the first game four one, and the second game one nil. Um, won both legs of that, mm-hmm. and then last season, obviously again, it was a it was a draw on the first leg, and then Rangers won away from home. So, I don't know if historical head to heads mean much. You never know. Maybe they do. Um, but PSV are going to be they're going to be the betting favorites going into that's for sure. I think I think uh, Peter Bosch is probably. I mean, Rude is early on in his managerial career, but I think Peter Bosch is a little bit more experienced. So we may have the edge this time, but I I would not count out any team on a Champions League night, even yeah. if it's qualifying. Yeah, I think it should be probably the tie of the round. I mean, there's some good matchups, but this one promises to have that little bit of bite that you don't necessarily see in the qualifying stages. You don't necessarily see teams playing each other that repeat times. Uh, you also don't necessarily see them having just agreed a transfer of a player that was pretty impactful. So a lot to watch out for in that match. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, PSV leaving that match with 20 injuries so that our, our path to the title uh, is going to be a little bit easier. And also want to shout out Sturm Graz for having probably the, the largest uh, sponsorship per capita on a kit that we've pro- that we've seen so far in Europe. I mean, every inch of their kit was covered in some sort of branding. Uh, I don't think I don't think they actually had a kit beyond a logo. So it was their kit is made entirely of ironed on. Uh, I mean, the last time I saw something so blatant was when Hatafe had the Burger King logo. And, uh, it, like, it took up half their jersey, and that was when Isco was still playing for them. I think it was back in the day, uh, but they're. Uh, a lot worse human beings than Stormgrat. Stormgrat seemed like a lovely team, and it was nice to see Rasmus Hoyland 2.0, William Boving score. Uh, I, I kind of have a feeling we'll be hearing a bit more about him uh, yeah. in terms of transfers for our teams. He's kind of that would be a, a nice logical step up uh, for yeah. him. So yeah. I, I think we're going to be talking about him in January as an early prediction. For sure. Uh, and also in terms of early predictions, it's time to look ahead to the matches coming up this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. And as mentioned before, Ben, the reigning champ uh, with two correct result picks. Mm. Um, yeah. And so that means we're going to go to you first to talk about what's coming up. Uh, yeah. Where your team's PSV is playing Vitessa and Pex Vola is playing Twenta as, in a chance to avenge my beloved Almir City. Ben, what are you looking out for for those matches coming up? So again, I think I'm going to go ahead and start with Peck this time. It's difficult because they showed real promise with their game. I mean, at least from what I saw of the match stats. At least um, what you saw from a guy playing FIFA and talking essentially, about yeah, <laughs> 27 minutes. Um, but I think they have a chance here to, you know, kind of Put a nick on Twenta. I think it. I think it might be a draw, maybe like a one-one. Um, but I could be wrong on that one. I mean, Twenta could just show up and you know blow them away four to one, just like they've been. Apparently, that's the scoreline of the season so far for every team. Um, so I think they're going to probably draw one to one. I think Peck is at. 
yeah, they're at Twenta. So they they make play more defensively. So I think they might be able to edge out a 1-1 draw. Um, and then I know Vitesse just won their first game, but from what I saw, um, they need, it required a red card for them to actually kind of, you know, win the game. They were decent, but I don't see them going past PSV with any sort of actual vigor. So I think PSV will probably take this one, maybe a larger score one, like a 3-0 or something like that. Um, I think PSV is just going to keep building on the, the strong start to the season unless something absolutely horrendous happens. Um, that's what I predict. PSV win and pack a draw. And also shout out Markle Van Hinkle, who scored mm. the winning goal for Vitesse, who I believe has been playing for 47 years. Uh, he's just, but only ever played in three of those seasons because Poor guy's torn every ACL. He's torn his ACLs. He's torn his family's ACLs. I mean, he's just been probably one of the unluckiest players with injury. So, uh, also former PSV player. So that should be an interesting uh, another player derby, the the Marco Van Hinkle derby, mm-hmm. right before the Malik Tillman derby. Um, so you, you better you better gear up because it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight. Uh, but Neil, what about you with? Uh, Ajax and Heracles this week. Heracles, they're, they, they're pairing nicely for you because they're back-to-back. <laughs> I mean, you've got Heracles playing Nick Nijmegen on Friday, yeah. and then the very first match the next day is Ajax versus Stan Lee's Excelsior. Yes, and the, <laughs> my teams are also stacked nicely because last week they played each other, and this week they're playing the two teams that played each other. So <laughs> Nick... Neck against Excelsior last week. That was a that was a shootout. Um, Excelsior won four three. Uh, so you know, kind of got to look at both those teams ahead of this ahead of this game. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna back Ajax to get an away win against Excelsior. I think <clears throat> I think the tougher game was was opening up the season with so many question marks over them. And like I say, they faced a little bit of adversity. They went a goal behind. But they they kept their composure, they kept going, and they just had too much quality in the end. So I expect them to have a little more, bit more swagger about them. Also, what I was not, I wasn't aware of before the game was that Stephen Berghaus was suspended for the Heracles game. So I actually called him out as like a potential goal scorer, and he didn't play. Um, so I uh, yeah, I think I think Ajax will have a little more confidence about them, and I expect them to kind of blow them away. Uh, again, it wouldn't be surprised if they gave up a goal because they're they're a little bit suspect at the back. Uh, I particularly thought at the left hand side, uh, Salah Adin, who was making his, I think he was making his league debut. He has the expression of of a child that has lost his mother at the supermarket, and that's also how he defended. So, uh, one of these left backs that's just always bombing forward. He looked very good going forward. He looked very threatening, but he was caught out repeatedly. So, um, they might give up a goal, uh, or unless Windal is back in the team, that's uh, something worth noting. But I expect Ice to win that one, and I think it should be fairly comfortable. Uh, still don't know if it's going to be on TV yet, but I will try and see it any way I can legally. And the other game is Heracles against Nick Nijmegen. And they both lost last week. And this is maybe, I mean, I don't know that much about this league. So this is just, I'm just rooting for Heracles in this game. So I'm going to say they're going to win because I want them to win. But I don't know if they're going to win. I think mm-hmm. they looked they looked, they looked, looked up for the fight. 
at the weekend. Um, they didn't look overawed, and I believe in them. Yeah, and uh, you, you you predicted two draws last week because you thought Ajax and Heracles might draw. So Yeah, that that was kind of... When your teams play each other, if you get one wrong, you get two wrong. So Yeah. Uh, no, no yeah, kind of tough there. It's tough, but I think you have a good chance to make up for that. But um, I'm just desperate to know what you think, Alex, about your your teams. Um, are you going to be? Are you on a manic depressive run here? Or are you going <laughs> to? You going to get behind <laughs> your boys? Yeah, I'm I, you can actually pull one out for you. I'm a little scared. Uh, I think Almir will potentially try to get some revenge for Feyenoord since they're playing Sitard at Sitard. Uh, FIFA 12 wonder kid Alan Halilovic is for trying to Sitard, I might add. Uh, and also, like, they have a weird squad. There's some players you've definitely heard of, like Inigo Cordoba, who was, like, kind of a highly rated mm-hmm. Athletic Bilbao player who is just for some reason playing for a mid-table Eredivisie team. Uh, so that's kind of and like Burek Yilmaz played for them last season. Like what? I don't really? know what is happening. What? Yeah, oh, the that's team. Weird. That's the team he retired with. Uh, so that's really odd. But I have to say, it, they also they also had the clearer chances in the game yeah. of the weekend. Yeah, it was it was not good for Feyenoord, and I, I they could have lost. They could have won. I think a draw was a fair result, honestly. Uh, but I also think that that will make it tough for Almir City, who, as I discussed earlier, can't seem to defend a ball where you just kick it up the middle over their heads. So I hope they've worked on that in training. Uh, I think it'll be a lot tougher this time around because they'll be away. They had the they had the crowd behind them this time, uh, and I mean it was their first Eredivisie match. There's a lot of just emotion and adrenaline that's that's fueling them uh and so the, I, I think it'll be a bit tougher when they don't have those two things working in tandem so i'm thinking an almir city loss uh and Feyenoord are, are playing sparta who had a, a, a supposedly a pretty solid showing against pexola according to fifa dominator 69 on youtube um, so <laughs> i i think this is going to be a tough match i mean sparta were one game away from europe last season uh, they're a good team. They're very compact. I know they lost their manager, but they have kept the core of the team. Uh, and it's pretty clear that Feyenoord are not firing on all cylinders right now. Uh, and I said firing, firing like F-E-Y, firing. Um, so that is a pun that's for you written word transcript people. Uh, so I think it's going to be tough. I do think Feyenoord will turn it around. The The shell is there. I don't think... Noikop is a huge loss. I think we can put Pedersen in as long as he's not against Noah Long. He'll be okay. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think we get things back together and just kind of get sharp and get our butts in gear because we can't sit around anymore. Like we're already playing catch up and that is, is a good spot to be in, but a bad spot to be in because you are chasing. But when you're chasing, it's easier to kind of see the target in front of you than when you're on top and kind of defending and keeping the people from coming at you. So uh, I think yeah. this would be a turnaround where Feyenoord gets a win. I think we'll see Ayasa Ueda have a bit more impact. He kind of was used as a very late sub this time around, and I thought he could have been introduced earlier because uh, things needed to be changed, but it's hard to justify introducing an attacker when you're down a man. So I think yeah. we'll see a much more full performance from the team. So I'm predicting a Feyenoord win, 
and an Almere City loss. Uh, I hate to keep predicting Almere City losses, but those poor guys, they're they're <laughs> they're the minnows and they're gonna have to take their their chastening in the air division. But I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is that because the Sparta Feyenoord matches so early in the day, I am going to try out uh, some traditional Dutch breakfast. I've been doing some research on this. Uh, and the two dishes I've decided on, uh, I hope I'm saying these right, uh, Hagelslag and Oitzmeiter. Um, so Hagelslag, uh, despite what the name sounds like in English, is really straightforward and actually sounds pretty delicious. Uh, if you're a child at heart like me, it's just buttered toast with chocolate sprinkles on it. That's it. It's just a pile of sprinkles on buttered toast. What kind of toast? <laughs> It's just like any any toast, <laughs> piece of bread with butter on it, and then kind of uh, as someone who also bought a loaf of bread to prep for this, Oitzmeier is Oitzmeiter is like eggs, like over medium eggs with cheese on toast. So they're very very big mm. about stuff on toast for breakfast, and I, I wanted to get the full authentic experience. Um, I'm trying to do some more research on like what match day foods are uh that's not just tons that, of stroop waffles just I, I <laughs> and probably like fries with mayo and, and probably some sort of hot dog but i you'd be surprised how few people are googling what is to traditional match day food in the eredivisie <laughs> not turn up a lot of results um, i i will say that's one thing that i when i was in england last that i wish that Boo. as the resident scotsman you were allowed to hate the english um that I love meat pies, and I really wish that yeah, we had too. something like that in the states. We just don't. Sometimes it's, our food's really boring. It's perfect game day food, especially in especially in the winter. You well, get especially if you're like European winter yeah. games. It's, it's and you're boring. like you're like drunk, and you know a hot dog's not going to do it, but no. a meat pie, which is just mm. you know slamming your gut full of something that is like similar to beer, but actually has a little bit of protein in it. And then a kilo of saturated fat. Mm. There it is. Um, yeah, I, 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 I want to try and dive into this too and find out what what they eat at game day in the in the Eredivisie. That's uh, this is a challenge for us all. <clears throat> and if I can't find it, I'm just going to buy lots of Gouda and Edam because big big cheese guy. Mm-hmm. Not a, not a bad thing to have though. Uh, maybe maybe cheese early in the morning is better than coffee. Uh, but if you're if you're Dutch and you're listening to this, first of all, I hope you've understood anything that we've said throughout this entire uh, podcast. Because as someone who is on the social pages for this podcast and getting recommended tweets in Dutch, I don't know what's going on. So I don't know how you do, but hit us up with what you eat on Match Day. Uh, also, be sure to look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Total Fool Ball. Uh, let us know what you think of the opening rounds, uh, what, who you think is going to go through to the Champions League group stages, and who you've been most impressed by so far this season. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, lovely to talk to you about the Eredivisie uh, and all things around all the teams that we're following. Uh, and looking forward to talking to you again next week after my team wins and your teams lose. Thanks, isn't everybody. That what you said, isn't that what you said last week? No, I said something different. <laughs> to the same effect but um yeah no thank you alex thank you ben uh, we'll we'll keep our eyes peeled for espn plus and which games are going to be on yeah all right thanks y'all we'll see y'all later thanks <laughs>